You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Let's get into the breaking news. And I think that's an appropriate term. It really was breaking uh, all over the place. Week 2 was actually more tragic than it was, you know, euphoric watching football. Injuries everywhere. Um... And, and to be honest, I, you know, you're just waiting for the next one to happen, and then they kept happening. It was, uh, I don't think I've ever seen something like this in regards to the, the injury situation. And I think the biggest, you know, obviously the biggest one was Saquon Barkley tearing his ACL, him being out for the rest of the year. It's really tragic. You hate to see it. He's such a great running back. One of the uh, more fun ones to watch in the league, you know, him, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, you, you pay to go watch them play in stadiums and for him to be gone for the rest of the year is kind of hard to hard to take. Whether you have him on your fantasy team or not, if you have him on your fantasy team, you're even more heartbroken. Um, but uh, 49ers had a couple more injuries on their defense, really unfortunate Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas are both probably out for the year. Nick Bosa tore his ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his ankle. And Nick Mullins had to come in and play. I don't know when Jimmy Garoppolo will come back. He's probably going to miss a couple weeks, is my guess. So not that I would pivot to Nick Mullins. Uh, 49ers isn't a uh, – uh, their, their quarterback position isn't a great uh, pickup anywhere across the board, even if you, uh, even for Jimmy Garofalo. Um, Tyrod Taylor was interesting. Him, you know, if you had him in like a two QB league and you were playing him against Kansas City, thinking that he was going to get a lot of passing yards and rushing yards, you were really disappointed when uh, Justin Herbert came out there. And he played good for a rookie. I really liked what I saw. He, he looked a lot better than what I thought he would look like. Um, even, you know, watching Hard Knocks, he, he looked like a promising prospect, but when you're in live game action, it's a different story. And he, he was impressive. I I liked his poise and I really think he can be a decent quarterback, but, uh, how tragic was that for Tyrod Taylor, especially, uh, if you had him for fantasy, because, uh, you didn't find out till right before the game and where are you going to pivot to? Like what other quarterbacks available that you could have thrown in there? Uh, chances were pretty slim. So that was a tough blow for uh, uh not that I think many people had Tyrod Taylor playing this week and, and starting him. But again, if you had the two QB leagues, maybe you were. You never know. Christian McCaffrey uh got hurt and with his hamstring, he's supposed to be missing a you know, a month to maybe uh 6 weeks, who knows. Um could be sooner. Uh but that's really unfortunate because, you know, it's Christian McCaffrey and you don't like to see a player like that hurt for any length of time. 
the the fortunate thing is it's not like Saquon Barkley. He'll be back and playing again. It's just you're going to need to find a, a replacement for uh, Christian McCaffrey in your on your roster, and the Panthers are going to have to find a replacement. And we'll get into that on the pickups. But I have a odd theory about that and uh, on who to target for the on your waiver wire if he's available. Uh, Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell was carted off the field. That's really unfortunate. MCL injury. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to return this season. I had Paris Campbell as one of my top plays last week. Just really like that matchup. And then he's hurt right away, and uh, he's not going to come back. And he looked promising. He looked like he was going to make that second-year jump and, and be uh, uh, someone to uh, reckon with and, and be a, a fantasy football producer and also be a, a producer for the, the Colts with Philip Rivers. And now that's not going to happen. But I think that really bumps up Michael Pittman Jr. in this instance. But uh, it, it definitely is a blow to that Colts offense because they, they were looking like they had three good receivers across the board that were dynamic. And now they're back throwing to Zach Paschal. No offense to Zach Paschal. I think he's a decent receiver, but uh, he's definitely not a Paris Campbell. Devontae Adams got hurt with a hamstring, was out for the rest of the game. That was unfortunate because I had him as a top play. And uh, I think he'll be back. I don't think his is a serious, you know, if he misses one game, uh, I think that might be the extent of it. I really do think he'll be back. Um, Cam Akers was knocked out with ribs. Malcolm Brown broke his finger. So Daryl Henderson had a really good game. Nothing there surprising to me. That Rams backfield is going to be a three-headed monster all year and uh, drive owners mad if you have one of those three. Having said that, do you pick up Daryl Henderson? I think you do. I just really liked the uh, usage and, and his involvement in the passing game. And Cam Akers really, like, I think he's going to be a good running back and uh, he'll, he'll eventually be the guy there. I just don't think it's going to be now. Uh, I, I, I like Malcolm Brown and I like Daryl Henderson a lot better than I do Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers will need some time to adjust to the pro game. And uh, he hasn't started off uh, very well so far. So uh, I don't have a lot of faith in him for the season. I do for, you know, long term. And that's why I feel comfortable picking up Daryl Henderson. Because I really think it's going to be between Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson on a weekly basis. And and that kind of eases it up a little bit in regards to uh, all those options that they have in that backfield. Broncos, man, where do I get started? They lose Von Miller before the season. Um, Cortland Sutton doesn't play that first game, comes back, and then proceeds to get hurt for the season. He's not going to come back. It was his knee. And uh, that's really unfortunate because he was their biggest weapon, and now they're going to have to rely on Jerry Judy a whole lot more. It's hard to rely on a rookie receiver when you have your backup quarterback because Drew Locke got hurt in that game as well, his shoulder, it's throwing shoulder, and he's supposed to be missing uh, two to six weeks in that time frame, and who knows? And I was high on Drew Lock this year. I was I thought he was going to show a lot of promise. He had a tough first part of the uh, you know first couple weeks of the the schedule. You knew he wasn't going to probably be uh, that effective, and then it kind of opened up for him. And you're waiting for that to happen. Now with this injury, who knows? Uh, I He's obviously not going to be as effective as he was. And uh, it's a big blow for Denver. 
because I actually thought they were going to make a big jump this year once they got over the, the first four games of the season. And now, uh, obviously, depending on Winlock returns, uh, I, I don't think that they're, uh, they're in play for even a playoff spot anymore. And moving on for more injuries, there's obviously a lot to the defense. Uh, man. Oh, Eagles, uh, Samalo got hurt, Isaac Samalo, and I know he's an offensive lineman, and I probably didn't pronounce his name right on both those occasions. But uh, I think that hurts their Eagles running game. They've had a tough time getting going because of injuries, and teams have just been dominating at the line of scrimmage. That's why the Eagles haven't looked very good. And uh, I think that continues, unfortunately. Um, Perryman was hurt with an ankle. He's considered week to week. Uh, at this point, I wouldn't even play him until I know he's good to go because it's the Jets' offense anyways, and how bad the Jets' offense looks, it's not worth it at all at this point. Uh, Montgomery got hurt. He left, uh, but then came back and had a decent game. So that was a scare, thinking that he might have been out longer. It was a concussion, but he came right back. And Sterling Shepard was out with a toe injury. And Sterling Shepard's actually a really talented receiver. I think he's one of the Giants' best receivers, but he just can't stay healthy. And this is the third year where he hasn't been able to be healthy, and he's a drop at this point. Like You can get other options when he comes back. Hey, maybe he can show a glimmer of hope. But as of right now, uh, you need that roster spot, and you don't want to play that waiting game with Sterling Shepard. And uh, that will do it. I uh, here, I'll, if you can hear that, that's my ice cubes in my my bourbon. I had to pour a bourbon out to report all this breaking news to uh, all you people listening to this podcast because it was many. Uh, it definitely put a lot of fancy football rosters in shambles, and that's why I kind of do a mulligan on this whole week of week two. A lot of good plays didn't pan out because of it. A lot of fantasy football rosters were ruined because of it. So uh, I think it's one of those weeks that we can just pretend didn't happen. I can sit here and uh, drink my bourbon and uh, I guess cry in my my ice cubes because it was uh, it was a tragic week too. That's really going to uh, uh, you're really gonna have to make some moves to uh, improve your rosters at this point with uh, how many uh, people are out. Really quick, I do want to end on a good note because this is uh, like reading an obituary. The good news is Kenny Galladay is going to return for week three, so he'll play. And uh, that was a much-anticipated return. So, yeah, ended on a good note for everybody. Let's keep rolling. The Burke and Miz Goats of the Week. Here we go. All right, goats of the week at the QB position. It's been uh, actually a really good week for quarterbacks. There was obviously, besides a few that got hurt, so it was really hard to pick just the top three. But uh, the number one goat of the week is uh, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. And not so much for his passing, although he did have a great passing day. Uh, He only threw one touchdown pass. The real key was he had three rushing touchdowns. 
and you know when, when I I did pick him as a star for this week, but I was thinking it was going to be through the air, not the case. And uh, you know I, you're wondering maybe you know Ezekiel Elliott why he wasn't carrying the ball in those situations, but it worked and he had four total touchdowns. Uh, the only uh, dent that he had in uh, in his day against the the Falcons was he lost a fumble, but you know he threw the ball 47 times, and when you're slinging it that many times, you're you know you're gonna get a lot of yards, and he had 450. That's almost half a grand in just one game, so definitely is worth a mention. Our number two quarterback goat of the week is Josh Allen for Buffalo, and this is the second straight week he's made it, and. He's been a surprise because we knew he had the potential, but uh, he's been really solid, and I get he's played against the Jets and the Dolphins, pretty, you know, two defenses that uh, aren't the greatest defenses. That, uh, But Josh Allen doesn't always take advantage of that in the past, and the fact that he did this time was, you know, a true testament to uh, what kind of year he can have this year. And, uh, you know, he did, he was just as, as effective running the ball as he was passing the ball. So he had 417 yards through the air four touchdowns which is just insane and what I liked about his game is he didn't just pick one person he kind of spread the ball around a lot and I guess Stephon Diggs had a pretty big game but uh you know on top of Diggs having that big game he really was able to use all his weapons in that offense moving on to the third go or yeah the third goat of the week Cam Newton for the Patriots and man I was on the fence about Cam Newton. I said it depended on if he got over his injury and how effective he'd be in Patriots offense. And they really just designed that offense around Cam Newton because he's just dominating and he's looking really good. And the Patriots, you know, Burke and me were talking about this and he goes, you know, they're they're really fun to watch. And I couldn't agree more. They're actually, I used to hate watching the Patriots. I mean, uh, you know, who who likes the Patriots, right? But... This year with Cam Newton, it's been a fun squad, and uh, even against you know the game yesterday, and it was a losing effort, losing to the Seahawks, and uh, Cam Newton passed for 397 yards, had a touchdown, you know he he was able to rush for some touchdowns, and that's their offense is like a college offense. It's just uh, it's really fun. Our first running back go of the week is none other than Aaron Jones. And, man, the Packers offense is just electric. And Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, the the Aaron brothers just keep coming through every week. And they're scoring points. And this is a lot different than the Packers offense we thought we were going to be getting. I thought it was going to be ground pound, uh, was going to limit Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have a lot of weapons. And Devontae Adams got hurt in this one. So uh, I really didn't think he was going to have much. And they just still dominated. And, and I get it was the Lions. And Lions, you know, they can't figure it out over there in Detroit. But Aaron Jones had, you know, 18 carries for 168 yards. That's almost 10 yards a carry. 10 yards a carry in a game is ridiculous. Two touchdowns. He had four receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. And, I mean, there just couldn't have been a better day than what Aaron Jones did. And, you, you know, you're worried about Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon a little bit. You weren't sure how that was all going to work out. 
well, there's no reason to worry at all because Aaron Jones is definitely the main back, and uh, they're going to keep feeding him the ball. The next GOAT of the week is Nick Chubb for the Browns. You know, he played against the Bengals, which is a recipe for success, but uh, a lot of people had him for dead after the first week, and, you know, Cream Hunt. They, everyone was on the Cream Hunt bandwagon, and uh, even during the podcast, I was like, hey, this is going to be a big day for Nick Chubb, and, uh, you know, he's not dead yet. He actually, I still think, is going to be one of the top running backs in the NFL, and, you know, I was like, we'll see after this week, and I'm glad that uh, we waited till after this week, because uh, it's looking like a, a good prediction. He had uh, 124 yards on 22 carries, had two touchdowns, and he's still not getting any passing volume. He only had the one catch for nine yards, and that's going to continue. But, you know, as a, as a back, that's going to, you know, be their main uh, back on the ground. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's good. And Kareem Hunt had a great day, too, actually. He was a top-five running back, so they both dominated in this game. But uh, you just got to like Nick Chubb and what he's able to do. And, I again, I don't uh, – I think there's room for both of them. It's going to be, you know – a two-back committee based off the situation, and they both could have good games simultaneously. So seeing against the Bengals, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to, uh, you know, if you're worried about Nick Chubb and his role in the, uh, the Browns offense with Kareem Hunt signing that extension. Leonard Fournette is my third running back, and it's kind of uh, crazy because everyone was on the Ronald Jones train, and I was too, actually. I thought Ronald Jones would be the back to own for the Buccaneers in this one. And Leonard Fournette did most of his damage in the second half. Uh, he got uh, only 12 carries and averaged, you know, eight and a half yards per carry, 103 yards, two touchdowns. And this is like the uh, early Leonard Fournette we saw at Jacksonville. He looked really good. And I don't know what to make of this backfield situation in Tampa Bay. But regardless, uh, definitely was a, a good day for Fournette. It's just unfortunate because I guarantee that uh, if you did have him on your roster, uh, you weren't playing him in your starting lineup. <laughs> Our wide receiver goats of the week. Our number one is Calvin Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons playing against the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll be honest, I liked what I saw from Ridley the first week. thought he'd have a decent second week. Not the week that he had. He was amazing. And he's actually starting to take over the number one role from Julio Jones. Uh, we'll get to Julio Jones later. But uh, Calvin Ridley, he had seven catches on ten targets for 109 yards. Had two touchdowns. And he's just, you know, we we wanted that uh, Chris Godwin type breakout. And so far, so good. He's a... Uh, really dynamic player, and he's actually one of my favorite receivers to watch right now. Stephon Diggs for the Bills is my number two, you know, against Miami. Had 13 targets, which is just insane for a Bills receiver. I can't remember the last time a Buffalo Bill receiver had 13 targets in a game. Um, I'm sure people will go back and look, and it probably is more recent than what I think, but uh, it's uh, usually, the, you know, you're, you're not seeing the Bills air it out very much. He had eight receptions for 153 yards and a touchdown. Really good day for him, proving that he's that number one receiver that uh, 
and uh, he's actually being utilized more than he was in Minnesota. So it could be a good sign for Stephon Diggs and uh, Josh Allen for sure, since uh, he's making Josh Allen look really good. Our number three receiver is Terry McLaurin from Washington. Played the Cardinals, got 10 targets, 7 catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. Had a really good day. Terry McLaurin's a great receiver. I liked him, but uh, I didn't like him in this matchup, and I even said so, just because I thought uh, he would see a lot of Patrick Peterson. And it didn't matter. Terry McLaurin, no matter who the QB is, who's guarding him, uh, he can produce, and he's a real solid, consistent receiver. So when you have a matchup-proof receiver like that, uh, it's a good thing to have in your lineup every week, for sure. <coughs> Going right into our tight end goats of the week, our number one is Tyler Higby for the Rams. And I'm a little upset because I had him in my lineup for FanDuel, and I took him out the last minute, and he had three touchdowns. So that's the way it works. He got all five of, it, of his targets for 54 yards. And, yeah, Monster Day by Tyler Higby. And he's, you know, the Rams receivers aren't getting a lot of balls, especially in this one, and it's because they're all going to Higby. And uh, if he keeps this up, he's going to be the number one tight end in fantasy football, which uh, it's looking like the end of last year isn't a fluke. Our number two GOAT of the week is Jordan Reed for the 49ers. Took over for George Kittle, and we already knew Jordan Reed was a talented tight end when healthy. Had eight targets, seven catches for 50 yards, and two touchdowns. So, uh, really good day. And, you know, they're they're not that they're not going to miss George Kittle, but it definitely helps when you have a tight end of his talent to replace a George Kittle. And so it was a good offseason signing by the, the uh, 49ers. But uh, moving along to our number three tight end, it's Janu Smith for the Titans. Five targets, four catches, 84 yards, and two touchdowns against Jacksonville. Just, uh, yeah, had a monster game. Really high on Janu Smith all year. Loved him. Talked about him in the draft, how I missed out on him. And well, he was my next pick. Really regretting that still to this day. And uh, I just continue to see, you know, uh, see this continue, especially, you know, A.J. Brown was hurt. You thought Corey Davis might step up since he had a good first week, and it was all Janu Smith in the passing game. And I uh, I just like his playmaking ability at that position. And overall, just for the week, it's almost like, you know, the receivers, they're okay. Calvin Ridley was the only one with two touchdowns. Everyone else had one. Tight ends, I mean, there was just monster games from a lot of people. I mean, you look at Gasicki, Mo Alley-Cox, uh, Hunter Henry had a decent game. You know, not all these guys score touchdowns, but tight ends were, you know, the, the hot thing in the streets on week two. And that's actually, outside of the injuries, something that uh, I kind of take away from this week was how often, especially in goal line situations uh, or red zone situations, that the uh, tight end was utilized and was effective. And uh, defenses are having a tough time. Uh, defending it right now and so that's probably going to continue until you know the the defense are able to stop it and right now they're not Burke and Miz the Wiz Maltobon Ghosts of the Week let's get this started all right let's get right into the bad with our quarterback Ghosts of the Week our first Ghost of the Week is Kirk Cousins for the Vikings and 
the reason why he's the number one was because against Indianapolis, he was 11 for 26 for 113 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. So it's almost like the Vikings were trying to lose with that stat line. And uh, I'm Kirk Cousins is always a risky play because he's inconsistent. Uh, he does great on good matchups, but that's about it. And, uh, you know, as a fantasy option, he really scares me. And uh, with this matchup especially, I, you know, I thought he'd have an okay day, but uh, he wasn't able to do anything and really uh, held back the whole offense. My my second uh, ghost of the week at quarterback was Drew Locke. And this is kind of cheating, uh, and partly was because a lot of quarterbacks had a great week, even if they lost. There's very few quarterbacks where I can look at and say, man, that was a really bad week by them. Um, Drew Locke was only one for five for 20 yards, and he had a lost fumble on a sack. And that was the, that was the uh, hit that uh, you know, took him out of the game and will take him out of the game for probably you know four to six weeks, which is unfortunate. Um, I usually don't like to use injury for ghosts of the week, but... Uh, Again, there, there wasn't a lot of quarterbacks that had a bad day. And if you started Drew Locke, which you probably didn't against Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, uh, you, you're going to be disappointed. But I'm sure, you know, some two quarterback leagues, someone had Drew Locke in there and uh, wasn't able to uh, reap the rewards from that move. Sam Darnold, New York Jets is my third for San Francisco. I mean, Adam Gase is a coach and the GM and... I just feel bad for all the players because I don't think Sam Darnold's a bad quarterback. I actually think he has some talent. He's just he's in an Adam Gase system, and I don't believe Adam Gase knows what he's doing. Uh, he had three three hundred and thirty-two yards. Or sorry, I take that back. He was twenty-one for thirty-two for one hundred and seventy-nine yards, one touchdown. He didn't have an interception, but you know, one hundred seventy-nine yards and a touchdown. San Francisco just annihilated them. Uh, just not a good day for uh, Sam Darnold and not a good year so far for the New York Jets. And New York Jets fans are already uh, becoming angry and uh, you're hearing it all over Twitter. Uh, not that it's a fun sight to see a fan base so miserable, but you, you knew what you got with Adam Gase and it's kind of coming to fruition. Moving on to our running back, Ghosts of the Week. It's, uh, I actually had quite a bit of options, but uh, my, my very first one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for Kansas City against the Chargers. He had uh, 10 carries for 38 yards. And, you know, you saw his week one and what he was able to do against the Texans, and he just figured he potentially could have another big week. And he didn't. Uh, you know, the, they won in overtime, but... Edward Solaire kind of had a uh, mediocre day. And again, he's a rookie, so that's going to happen. But uh, you, you hate to see it, especially after all the confidence you had in him after that first week. My number two ghost of the week is David Johnson for the Texans. He looked good against the Chiefs the first week. Going against Baltimore, you know, Baltimore's great defense. 11 carries, 34 yards. And yeah, just really was bottled up, couldn't do anything. And the Texans as a unit just looked horrible. Uh, Baltimore dominated that game. And that was surprising to me. I need to get on the Baltimore bandwagon because I keep thinking that the teams are going to play them closer than they do. And Baltimore's taking it to that next level. They're just dominating. And uh, yeah, David Johnson was 
not part of the solution for the Texans. Saquon Barkley, I have him here. Four carries, 28 yards, which that's a seven-yard carry average against a Bears defense. That's amazing. And uh, I have him on here, though, because he blew out his ACL. He's out for the whole year. You know, uh, I went through that on breaking news. And it's just unfortunate. And, you know, if you started Saquon Barkley, you're expecting, you know, pretty good things because it's Saquon Barkley. And the fact that uh, he got injured in the second quarter for the season really puts a damper on your fancy football season. So I had to include him on the ghost of the week because uh, I'm not going to be mentioning him much here on out until the, the season's over. Uh, and it's really unfortunate because Saquon Barkley is one of those talents that you like to watch every week and just a great running back. And you hate to see those type of uh, players uh, get hurt for the year. Uh, it's the reason why you watch football. Number one on the list is Julio Jones. And it, the reason why it's Julio Jones is because he was targeted four times, had two catches for 24 yards. And not only was it mediocre, but he had a perfect trick play, gauged through him the ball right there. Julio Jones was going to score a touchdown. Finally, for the first time in his life, well, at least a couple seasons, everyone was excited, and he dropped it. So it's almost like he's adverse to going into the end zone or having the ball in the end zone because he can he couldn't catch the uh, perfect pass right to him in the end zone. Uh, so alas, he didn't score. He had 24 yards. Really bad day if you're a Julio Jones owner and, and disappointing. Adam Thielen is my number two against Green Bay. Green Bay just dominated the Vikings. Eight targets. Three receptions, 31 yards, not going to get it done, especially because you're the main receiver for Minnesota. You're expecting big things from Thielen. I was actually hearing people saying that he could be a start of the week, and I actually had him as one of my stars of the week. So I was fooled just as much as everybody else. I thought he would uh, shine. He didn't. He was the opposite. Uh, let's just move on because I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Bobby Trees. For the Rams is our third star, our third ghost. Sorry, against Philadelphia, uh, Robert Woods, five targets, two catches, fourteen yards, and just as a whole, the Rams receivers weren't very productive. Cooper Cup had an okay day. Uh, I wanted more from him, and you know, it's all due to Higby because Higby had the monster game and. Uh, uh, was 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 the star, but you were hoping to get a little bit more from the uh, wide receivers, especially against Philadelphia, and it didn't happen. So let's move on to the tight ends. Our tight end ghost of the week, and this was actually a lot harder because the tight ends really dominated this week, but there was a couple that I even put as my, oh, you need to start them this week type tight ends, and of course, they're the ones that didn't do anything. So Logan Thomas for the Washington Redskins at Arizona, he was targeted nine times. So you think you get targeted nine times, you're going to have a big game. He had four catches for 26 yards, and that was it. And I was expecting really big things from him. Didn't happen. Austin Hooper for Cleveland, two games in a row now. It's like, you know, you sign him with that big contract. What are you using him for? He uh, was targeted four times, had two catches for 22 yards, and a I'm an Austin Hooper owner. I'm probably dropping him at this point. I don't have the patience. There's too many good tight ends that are have a lot of potential. 
and I wouldn't, uh, I don't have a lot of time or patience to wait on Hooper to, to come around when uh, th- there's, there's some good waiver wire options even right now. Mark Andrews for the Ravens is my number three. At the Texans, you know, they had a big lead. They didn't really need him, but he only had three targets, one catch, 29 yards. Really mediocre day for Mark Andrews. And he was another one I thought might have a pretty big day. Alas, he didn't. And uh, I I just want to say that uh, I appreciate Thomas and Andrews making me look like a fool on the tight ends. And uh, hopefully uh, it doesn't happen this week. It's Perk and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get started. Here's our pickup to stickups week three. And my rules are usually if I have a pickup for a week, I won't mention that person again unless circumstances change and then they're not relevant and then they become relevant again. So uh, there's a lot on the week one that uh, after week one that uh, I'm not mentioning for week three because uh, they should have already been picked up last week. So here's my... uh, Here's my pickups for this week, and we'll start off at quarterback. And I actually have quite a bit of quarterbacks. Uh, Gardner Minshew is my first one for the Jaguars. He was kind of a sleeper candidate because you knew he was going to pass a lot, but the Jaguars are scoring, and they're scoring a lot. And Minshew's getting a lot of touchdowns and yards, and so I don't think you can ignore that. He's actually a better option than like you know a Kirk Cousins that you have on your team. Uh, he's actually doing better than Ben Roethlisberger, so. I uh, I think uh, Gardner Minshew needs to be owned in all leagues, especially as a backup. I mean, if you have Mahomes on a bye or you have a quarterback get injured, it's nice to know that you have Minshew as your backup who uh, uh, yeah, isn't getting a lot of play but is worth a, worth a pickup right now. Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers. I have him. I'll be honest, I'm disappointed. I thought he'd throw for more touchdowns than he has. I mean, his yardage has kind of been there. He's... He's been consistent, but uh, the, the lack of touchdowns has really been hurting him. But uh, with Christian McCaffrey being injured, I think these next couple of weeks, pretty, uh, Teddy Bridgewater could uh, definitely be a main focal point and uh, get those passing touchdowns that uh, make him fantasy relevant. So if you're in a bind at quarterback, uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater could be a good play. Of course, I think their offense is going to suffer a little bit because uh, now that you don't have to key on McCaffrey, uh, it's going to make things harder for everyone else around uh, that offense. Joe Burrow for the Bengals is on there for quarterbacks, and he's actually my number one pickup. And I get that, you know, he had a tough first week, looked great against Cleveland, and it's Cleveland, so it's it's not hard to look great against Cleveland. But he showed poise. He, you know, he threw for 300 yards, 300-plus yards. Uh, he was a leader. He kept leading the team down the field, even when they were out of it, you know, got that late touchdown. I'm a believer in Joe Burrow, and I think he has fantasy relevance. And the more time he gets, uh, the, the better he's going to get later on. So you can get towards later in the season if you have him on your roster. He could be a, a, a benefit to your team and, uh, you know, help you out in a, in a crunch if you end up having an injury or, you know, bye week stuff. Joe Burrow is probably – the best play out of all the, the quarterbacks that might be available on the waiver wire. So definitely uh, go after Joe Burrow. Running back, my number one running back is Jarek McKinnon. 
Monster getting hurt, I get that he's not going to be hurt forever. But even before Monster was hurt, uh, McKinnon was the number two running back, the clear number two running back, and he was actually getting a lot of opportunities. And I think that continues uh, from here on out. With Monster being hurt, if Monster does come back, he's still going to get some opportunities, and he's definitely worth a pickup at this point. Um, I, I I don't think uh, I, I think Tevin Coleman is definitely a drop candidate, as he's clearly the third back right now. McKinnon is he was talented, he was just hurt. You know, he missed a whole year, uh, year and a half even to injury. So you weren't sure what you're going to get from him, but he looks like he still has that same talent. So I'm all aboard the Jarrett McKinnon train. I'm not, however, saying that he's going to overtake Monster. Monster is a beast too. It's just uh, as much as the 49ers run, those are their two main weapons. Devontae Freeman as a free agent. I think you need to. He'd be my number two running back to pick up, and I say that because. He's not signed anywhere, so you're basically picking up someone who doesn't belong to a team. Uh, that's fine. I think he either goes to the Giants or the Panthers. I actually think he goes to the Giants. Um, makes a perfect fit there with Barkley being out for the year. Freeman can come in there and not produce like Barkley, but uh, be a productive running back. And it just makes too much sense. So it'd be better to sell low on him, pick him up. And uh, if he ends up getting signed by the Giants, you don't have to do that waiver scramble with everybody else trying to get him because he'll definitely get the bulk of the carries. Uh, I have Mike Davis for the Panthers, and I'm going to switch it on you guys. I actually think someone else is going to be the main contributor to the Panthers' backfield or the uh, position that McCaffrey plays, I should say. But Mike Davis is definitely the... uh, backup running back that's going to get uh, uh, you know some of the carries and uh, he needs to be in, con- in consideration to uh, replace McCaffrey um, Daryl Henderson I have for the Rams you saw what he did last week he was hurt the first week he's talented um, Cam Akers is struggling he got hurt and with Malcolm Brown hurt I think Daryl Henderson plays into the conversation at least for a couple weeks but, uh, again, with that three-headed backfield, it's scary to know, you know, what they're going to do week to week. And uh, you're really playing that uh, – it's like playing Russian roulette uh, or even roulette in Vegas, you know. It's like red or, red or uh, black, and you're never going to pick the right one that it's going to land on. Uh, Wayne Gallman for the Giants. Now, if Devontae Freeman doesn't sign with the Giants, a lot of people are on the Deion Lewis train. And I like Deion Lewis. I think he's a decent back. I I liked, you know, I, I think he's talented. But Wayne Gallman was the guy last year, or, uh, yeah, last year when uh, Saquon Barkley was injured for a couple weeks. And he was good. He produced and, uh, uh, you know, with, with how solid he was, he's kind of proven that he can do it. So I think the Giants go that way and keep Lewis in his role as like the pass-catching guy, and um, they kind of split that up a little bit. But I think Gallman's the back to own, and he'll be the, the guy that will get you the touchdowns in the Giants' offense. And the Giants' schedule opens up a little bit. Uh, it's tough at first. It's, cu- it's tough for another couple weeks. 
but uh, it's going to start opening up, and uh, the, those weapons are going to start being valuable fantasy assets pretty soon. And um, like I said, if they don't sign uh, Devonta Freeman, I think Gallman's the running back to own. Uh, Joshua Kelly for the Chargers. I wasn't sold on him just because I like Justin Jackson. Uh, Justin Jackson was hurt, so he's been a non-factor. Joshua Kelly looked pretty good against Kansas City. He got some of those uh, receptions and got some of those carries from Eckler. And Eckler had a good game, but uh, they they showed that uh, they're gonna they're, they're not afraid to use Kelly as well. And I think at this point he's a solid addition. It's it's just one of those situations, kind of like a Latavius Murray type situation, where you're not sure what you're going to get week to week. And if you play him, it's it's going to be a complete guessing game. So we'll move on to the wide receivers. And my number one wide receiver is going to surprise people. It's Curtis Samuel. Now, I know he's owned in many leagues, but if he's not, he's on the waiver wire, you need to pick him up because I actually think he's the one that's going to benefit from Christian McCaffrey's absence. Uh, you know, a while back when McCaffrey missed some time, uh, Curtis Samuel has actually got a lot of play rushing the ball and receiving the ball. He was at Ohio State where he did both. He actually was a better uh, running back than he was receiver, and it just makes too much sense in the situation with uh, McCaffrey being out. I just think that that opens the door more for Samuel than it does Davis, and Samuels has more of the skill set of McCaffrey than Davis does. So. Uh, I think it's worth the shot. You don't have to waste anything. I mean, I don't think people are going to be scrambling to pick up Curtis Samuel. And if he replaces McCaffrey in that role while McCaffrey's hurt, uh, you're really getting a bargain. So I think it's worth the risk to jump on it, and I recommend that you do that. Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts is my second pickup, and that's just because Paris Campbell is hurt. We talked about it in the breaking news. I'm devastated by it because Paris Campbell is really breaking out this year. I thought he was going to have a great year. Uh, obviously not Calvin Ridley breakout, but uh, definitely was uh, showing a, a progression from his rookie year. Uh, but now Michael Pittman's going to be getting the targets, and uh, you know Zach Pascoe I don't think is going to challenge him in regards to uh, taking away any of those targets. So Michael Pittman went from ignore him to now he's a decent pickup that you need to consider Traquan Smith and that's the same kind of thing with Michael Thomas being hurt I think he's a better pickup um, than any the other receivers uh, Emmanuel Sanders should take pick up the slack for Michael Thomas Sanders is talented uh, but you know that second receiver uh, Traquan Smith is uh, is the uh, the guy there my only, the reason why I'm so low on the list though is because he's probably my last waiver receiver option, and that's just because the Saints historically don't use that number two receiver very often, and they never have, and so it, it's uh, it's one of those things again where you're not always sure what you're going to get and what type of game that number two receiver will produce for you. I have Marquez Valdez Scantling. He should have been listed on the first after the first week. Um, but I just had so many names on there, so uh, I left them off. With Devontae Adams going down, especially, uh, I mean, I think Devontae Adams will be back, but they're already showing that uh, Badass Scantling is uh, going to get a lot of targets, and he has gotten a lot of targets, and he's been productive. 
He's actually been a top 20 receiver. So you need to get him. He should be on a roster somewhere as a top 20 receiver. So pick him up. My next one is K.J. Hamler for the Broncos with Cortland Sutton being out for the year uh, against the Steelers. You really saw Jerry Judy, of course, but then you saw a lot more of K.J. Hamler. And they used him in, you know, uh, like jet sweep type roles, uh, screen pass roles, and uh, kick return roles. And he, he's all over the field, and he's a dynamic player, has a lot of speed. He's exciting to watch, and I think he's the receiver to own now that uh, Cortland Sutton's going to be out for the year. Mike Williams for the Chargers gets a lot of targets. I was worried about Mike Williams with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert now. You know, who knows what's going to happen with that situation. I really think it's going to be Justin Herbert. He played too well against Kansas City. Uh, Why not just let him take his lumps this year, get him some experience, and... uh, Mike Williams is a tall receiver, and I actually like him better with Herbert than I do with Tyrod Taylor. And uh, he got like nine targets that first week with Taylor. So pick up Mike Williams at this point. He's too talented to, to not be owned on a on a team. And then uh, moving to tight end, I have Logan Thomas for Washington. He uh, had a bad week. He was on uh, one of my ghosts of the week. But he had nine targets, and you can't ignore nine targets. He's obviously a big part of that offense for the Redskins. He's not he's not just uh, going to get four catches on nine targets every week. You know that's always going uh, usually going to be a big day for the tight end. So get you Logan Thomas, and that's another one people aren't going to really even think about because he had a bad week, and you could really uh, benefit from having him on your roster uh, with that target share that he has. Dalton Schultz is my other one for the Cowboys. Blake Jarwin was hurt out for the year. And Schultz had a really productive day for the Cowboys, and he saw a lot of volume as well. He had like nine catches. Uh, so getting that at the tight end position, I don't care who it is. Um, you know, you can get Antonio Gates back from the uh, retirement and put him out there for the Cowboys, and if he gets nine targets, you need to pick him up. And Dalton Schultz isn't going to be a household name by any means, but uh, if he's getting those targets from Dak Prescott, uh, he needs to be uh, – owned and you can take over that Blake Jarwin hype of being a sleeper candidate for the season so that will do it for my pickups I uh I don't really think there's a lot of like urgent pickups you need to make like I said I think if anything uh, Minshew and Burrow at quarterback if you're hurting at quarterback right now and then McKinnon at running back uh I think you can maybe sneak Devonta Freeman in later Mike Davis, people will be clamoring for him, but I think Curtis Samuel's the better play. So, I mean, Mike Davis might be a good own because I don't think they'll exclusively just use Samuel, but I, I think Samuel's going to get more of that uh, that share than what Davis will. And then uh, Wayne Gallman will be the pick at running back over uh, Deion Lewis for that running back role that Saquon Barkley vacated with the injury. So... All right, let's uh, move it on to the next segment. Let's preview this Thursday night football game, and it is the Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars at TIAA Bank Field, which is the home of the Jaguars. The Jaguars are favored by two and a half points, and on this one, 
I'm going to have to go with the Jaguars. I just feel like their offense is real dynamic, and we haven't seen a ton from the Miami offense to make me think that they can uh, hang with, with Jacksonville, especially with Miami's defense. I don't think uh, they're going to, uh, to hold the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars down. I will say, however, I've been impressed with Miami Dolphins' run defense the last couple weeks. They've really uh, put the clamps down on uh, the opposing running back. And then on the Jacksonville Jaguars' side of the ball, or defensive side of the ball, I've been really impressed with how they've limited the outside receivers. Uh, all the outside receivers playing against Jacksonville has, haven't had really good games. So, uh, you know, looking at this matchup from a fantasy football perspective, I am going with Gardner Minshew for sure, and I'm definitely, with all their wide receiver options, I'm pretty excited about all of them. DJ Chark, I think, has an amazing game. He's, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna really kill it. And, uh, LaVishka Chenault. I like his ability in this one. He needs to be a potential flex option. But uh, this is a game that you need to start DJ Charkin. If you have him on your roster, um, I'm pretty confident of that. And, um, you know, Robinson, with, with James Robinson, I'm I'm not predicting a big game from him. Uh, he might get some volume in this one for sure. But, uh, like I said, I, I've been impressed with the way the Dolphins have uh, defended against the run this year so far. It's uh, against the running back position. And, yeah, I'm just not big on, on James Rob Robinson in this one. Um, tight end, Tyler Eifert, potentially could, you know, he had a big game last week where he scored a touchdown. And he's a receiving tight end, so he can have a big game in this one. And, uh, yeah, moving on to the Dolphins, I am loving, well, I should say I would love the Miami running backs, except for I don't know who that is. I guess Miles Gaskins would be my favorite. I think he has, if I had to play anyone on the Dolphins, it's Miles Gaskins. He's probably not even on a roster still at this point. Uh, I had him as one of my week one pickups. I think he's going to be the main back in Miami. The only issue is Jordan Howard is kind of stealing the goal line carries. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. I think with uh, it being a three-headed backfield with Breida, uh, Jordan Howard, and uh, Miles Gaskin, that it just kind of cancels each other out. And I'm kind of staying away from that. Having said that, I'm also out on the... Uh, Preston Williams, I don't think he has a big game. I like Devontae Williams, or <laughs> Devontae Parker, sorry. Devontae Parker, I think, has a pretty big game because it's Devontae Parker. But again, I've been kind of impressed with Jacksonville's defense of the outside receivers. So we'll see how that goes. Having said that, Mike Kosicki, I really like this this week a lot. I think he's going to have a monster game. Jacksonville has been garbage guarding the tight end so far this year. That's been one of their downfalls. And uh, you need to, uh, if you have Gasicki, you need to be playing him with confidence. He's going to have a big game on this Thursday night. Please play him. Ryan Fitzpatrick, on the other hand, he's starting off slow. 
he has a uh, you know he hasn't been what he could be he's always the guy that throws a lot of interceptions but gets a lot of yards and he hasn't been that productive for Miami I'm actually in this one thinking he has a better game against Jacksonville and I think it's more of a shootout where you know they both you know mid 20s to low 30s for uh the winner and maybe low 20s to mid 20s for the loser I think it's going to be that type of game. There's definitely going to be some touchdown passes for both. I think Minshew is the better option, uh, but I think uh, Fitzpatrick rebounds a little bit and definitely plays better than those first two weeks. But, again, I'm not starting Fitzpatrick. You probably have a lot better options. Fitzpatrick's not on a lot of rosters. I don't even feel confident enough for anyone to pick him up at this point um, until we see more from Miami. Uh, So... Uh, Defense-wise, I'm staying away from both defenses on this one. Again, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And it'll be fun. It'll be interesting, you know, when you saw the Dolphins and the Jaguars on the schedule for Thursday night. uh, I'm glad it's at the beginning of the season because it's two bad teams. But uh, there's definitely, I think, an entertainment factor in this one where uh, there's definitely some fantasy relevance that could be exciting. And, you know, Devontae Parker, I think, is ready for his breakout. If you have Devontae Parker on your roster, uh, you know you've been waiting patiently. I think it's starting to, you know, it's going to start uh, showing up here pretty soon. And it might not be against Jacksonville because, uh, you know, what I've uh, what I've said about Jacksonville doing all right at uh, defending those receivers. But if it's not against Jacksonville, it's going to be really soon. So uh, get it, keep him on your roster and get ready to play him a lot because he's going to get you some points. This is the uh, painful part of the segment, at least for me, because I really uh, dropped the ball this week. Uh, I don't want to use the injuries to all the players as an excuse. It was uh, pretty sad in regards to my picks against the spread. I was 9-7. and seven. First week I was 11-5, feeling really good about myself. And then I go to 9-7 and seven this week. And I actually even started off really good. I won like the first four. And then from the afternoon to the Sunday night to the uh, Monday night game, I think I only won two. So I really hit the, uh, really, yeah, hit the snide at the end there to uh, really drag me down through the coals. Uh, really disappointed in myself. You know, I like to brag and boast when I call something right or call something correct. And uh, this isn't one of those times. So this is a time I need to wallow in my own self-pity and uh, realize that sometimes I'm not as great as I think I am. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it was a rough week. Uh, I'm fine with that, though. Those happen every once in a while. I'm overall pretty confident in uh, what we've been able to do here in regards to our picks and, and uh, players. But uh, this is definitely not one of our prouder moments. I should say my prouder moments since, uh, you know, I was the voice of, uh, you know, who to pick up and who to to pick in the, on the point spread. So it is what it is. I got to own it like a man. And uh, let's just review it really quick, though. Uh I really 
really bombed in the uh, Kansas City Chargers game. I really thought Kansas City would do it, and they didn't. And then, again, with Baltimore, I thought Houston was going to give them a better game at home. They didn't. Baltimore is way better than what I give them credit for, and I needed to adjust accordingly. And then, uh, having said that, the uh, New Orleans game against Las Vegas, you know, I picked New Orleans to win by the five and a half, and the Raiders are good. They're that's the one thing I took away from that game is their offense is decent, their defense is better than I thought, and they're a decent team. Uh, to do that to New Orleans and, and look the way they looked, and I get that they were at home, but they're a solid squad, so. I'm not disappointed in the Buffalo-Miami one because Buffalo had it until the very end where, you know, Miami got some of those uh, garbage points. And then, uh, well, garbage points enough to take the lead and Buffalo have to rally. But Buffalo did rally. And then uh, Carolina at Tampa Bay, that one late touchdown by Tampa Bay sealed it. Carolina was driving. They were going to cover if they were able to score and then they weren't able to so there's a couple opportunities there so again those two I'm not too upset about but those last three and those afternoon games really chap my hide a little bit Pittsburgh game really chaps my hide because even with Drew Locke being out they were you know up like 17 to 3 and it just looked like they were in the driver's seat and stupid penalties turnovers they had a couple stupid turnovers and then all of a sudden Denver's back in the game with a chance to win it so I don't know how that happened, and uh, to be honest, it should have never happened. But here we are. My fantasy football matchups, Dak Prescott obviously was a great play. He ended up scoring the most points at quarterback, um, so I'm not disappointed in that. Miles Sanders, I mean, there's some running backs that scored more, but Sanders had a top five day. He had 95 yards and a touchdown. I mean, if it wasn't for his fumble, he would have had a spectacular day. So I'm not upset about that one. Uh, Derrick Henry, I am. I just, you know, like I said, his success against Jacksonville, I expected a big day. And, yeah, they held Henry in check for sure. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not too happy about it. And Derrick Henry continues his, you know, horde stretch before Thanksgiving where he doesn't necessarily do a ton and uh you know just wait till after thanksgiving he's gonna look like he's superman michael gallup i had at receiver he only had two catches for 58 yards horrible game expecting a lot more uh cd lamb and amari cooper got the yards um schultz got the touchdown and then dak prescott got all the rushing touchdowns so uh, really not a lot in regards to uh Dallas receivers, but Gallup was the worst of the three. Happened to be the one I picked. Devontae Adams got hurt, so he got me, you know, 5.1 points, only 36 yards receiving, and then, again, got hurt. So disappointing on that. Paris Campbell, man, got me .7, was hurt right away, out for the year. That pick was a total bust. And then Logan Thomas with the 4.6. I had Tyler Higby in there, took him out. So I can get uh, uh, Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams in. And uh, Tyler Higby outscored all three Henry Gallup or Henry Adams and Logan Thomas combined. So 
so I should have probably just left that in there. Austin Eckler, eh, it was a pedestrian day, but it got me 16.8 points, uh, 93 yards, so I'm not going to complain there. He had a decent day. But, uh, yeah, Eckler, Sanders, and Prescott does not make a team, and uh, I really paid for it. I was out of the money by about 10 points, and uh, really disappointed in that. 49ers defense, you know, they, they held the Jets from not scoring, but they didn't really do anything else. They had one sack the whole day, and that was it. So the defense didn't do as much as for me as I wanted it to. Of course, my other options didn't do too much better with uh, the uh, the Bills and the Steelers. So I probably would have lost on that one all the way around with what my expectation was. Going right into my starts of the week, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. I'm fine with that. They all played really well, and uh, uh, I don't see any issues with that. You know, Prescott and Allen both made the stars of the or yeah, the, the goats of the week. So anytime you get two out of your three make the uh, goats of the week the following uh, podcast, you know the, that they were good picks. Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders, and Ronald Jones were my running backs. Ronald Jones had a great first half, and then Leonard Fournette dominated the second half. So it wasn't a horrible pick, picking Jones. Sanders, same thing like we just talked about because I had him on FanDuel. And Ezekiel Elliott got a touchdown. Yeah, I, I expected more from him, but, you know, Dak Prescott rushing in all those touchdowns made me wonder why maybe Elliott didn't get at least one of those. But it is what it is. I'm, I'm happy to uh, have Dak do it. Adam Thielen at receiver, Anthony Miller at receiver, and Devontae Adams at receiver. I don't even want to talk about this. This is where... You know, those were my three stars, and they all bombed, all three of them. Horrible games, not even competitive. And, uh, yeah, I don't even want to – we're not going to talk about it. Tight end, Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. Ingram bombed out. Andrews bombed out. Henry had, you know, he had about, uh, what, 80-something yards. So he had a decent day. He just didn't score. You know, Janu Smith, Higby, those were the guys that uh, we should have been mentioning. But we didn't. Uh, And I'm fine with Henry in regards to, you know, you can't predict touchdowns. And he was right up there in yardage with them. You know, he just didn't score. The other two, they weren't even competitive with touchdowns or yardage. So bad calls. And, again, the defense, Steelers, 49ers, Bills, they were all right. Nothing to write home about. There were better defenses. So... Uh, I just kind of want to take them all again on week two, all the way around. It was uh, one of those things where uh, I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen, and uh, I'm hoping you guys pretend that it never happened either. So you're listening to the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. We appreciate you listening. We'll uh, be back in a couple days to uh, preview this week's game, uh, the Sunday morning games and uh, yeah thanks for listening and we'll be talking to you soon take care